0: Jesus said, man cannot live on bread alone, but from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You're listening to Daily Truth. The psalmist is perplexed. He is radically confused. His very faith is is on the verge of being shipwrecked. Because he believes in the God of Scripture, who keeps steadfast covenant with his people. And gives blessing to those who obey him. And yet that's not what he's seen. He is seeing the very opposite. In his generation, in his time, he is seeing the wicked prosper. And in his own personal life, he is experiencing oppression and harm. But then he enters the sanctuary. Verse 16 and 17 says this, when I pondered to understand this, to understand how a God who is just and a God who is faithful, who has made promises to his people, who made promises to me, would allow me to suffer while the wicked prosper. As I was pondering this, it was wearisome. It was troublesome in my sight until I finally gained understanding It all finally began to make sense when what? When I entered the sanctuary of God. When I entered the sanctuary of God, then I was able to understand, to perceive the end of the wicked. The psalmist admits that he was not seeing clearly. He was believing a lie. He was not living in God's reality. The psalmist thinks That he is righteous because he has been spending all of his time focusing on the wicked. See, it's easy to think that we're righteous when we compare ourselves to the wicked. However, it's extremely humbling when we rightly compare ourselves to God. So the psalmist sees two things when he enters the sanctuary. He sees that God is eternal and he sees that God is holy. Let me pause here for a moment. The psalmist is feeling really good about himself. See, see one of the, the things where, where he's just off, his perception is flawed, he's wrong. One of the ways that he's wrong is this. It's not that he is wrongly perceiving the wicked as wicked. It's that he's wrongly perceiving himself as righteous. So he looks at the wicked that surround him, and he says, they're heinous, they're evil." They oppress the righteous. They lie. They're arrogant. They're swift to violence. And he's not corrected by any of these thoughts. None of these thoughts are the problem. In all of, 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 of this side of his perception, the assumption is that the psalmist is correct, that he's right. The wicked really are that wicked. But where he's off is it implicitly he's assuming that he is really, really righteous. But you know why he feels really, really righteous? Because he's spending a lot of time listening to the Daily Wire and not a lot of time listening to Scripture. This was convicting for me this week. I want to confess that to you. Even as a pastor, I was convicted. I, I, I am so invested and intrigued by politics, culture, all these things. And I I make no apology for that. I have no intentions of of stopping that because, because I believe in a Christian faith, a Christian worldview that affects all of human society. That God has something to say about everything, all of Christ for all of life, the civil sphere, economics, marketplaces, entertainment, everything, the whole nine yards. And so I want to be aware of what's going on in this world, and I want to be applying both law and gospel to every arena of human life. However, however, if I spend hours invested in that end, that that purpose, as glorious And as biblical as it might be, but I spend minutes, hours over here, but minutes in prayer. Minutes in the word of God. Minutes reading not just politicians, but theologians. So I've I've had to rein myself in. I've had to force myself, all right, I'm going to listen to Ben Shapiro. And then I'm going to listen to Thomas Watson. I'm going to spend lots of time immersing myself in in spiritual, eternal matters. Reminding myself of the character and nature of God. Do you know why? For a host of reasons, but at least one would be this. Because when I look to the wicked, when I look to the world, I feel really good about Joel. But when I look to God, his gospel, and his law, I am brought exceedingly low. I'm reminded, as Job says, I am a worm. I'm reminded, as Peter says, depart from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. I'm reminded of of what Isaiah says when he falls prostrate before the Lord. Holy. I'm a man of unclean lips and an impure heart. And Isaiah, the the reality is Isaiah was the best of his contemporaries. He was the best of his peers. But when confronted with the Lord, when he went into the sanctuary, Isaiah is caught up. When he went into the heavenly sanctuary, and he's confronted with an image, with a view of the thrice holy God, all he can say is that you are holy and I am sinful. As Christians who believe that the Bible is a big book, not a 30-page pamphlet, but a big book, and it applies to all of life, that the Christian worldview, that the Word of God has something to say about politics and economics It has something to say about vocation. It has something to say about entertainment, the arts, and everything else. As Christians, conservative Christians, who believe that and are working towards that end, all of that is wonderful. Yes and amen. But let us also be diligent to often enter the sanctuary and to be reminded Yes, the wicked out there need to be opposed. Yes, the wicked out there, they need to be decried. We need to speak truth. We need to prophesy. We need to pray. We need to engage. But if it were not for Christ, if it were not for Christ, His love, His mercy, His grace, Christ and Him crucified, There go I, but for the grace of God. Then in a very real sense, I am the wicked. And the only reason I can truthfully categorize myself as the righteous is because of the righteousness of Christ.